Welcome to the American Classroom, where we discuss the role of education in building an American society. Um, I'm Jared Taylor with my host, Lindsay Croslin. We're excited here to visit with Dr. E.J. Anderson from Rio Salado on the topic of dual enrollment. So let's begin. American Classroom is brought to you by Heritage Academy. Heritage Academy Maricopa Campus is a public charter school that's tuition-free, serving grades 6 through 12th in Arizona. Youth that come to Heritage are not just students, but scholars, and are taught by the number one ranked faculty in Arizona. If you would like to learn more about their awesome programs, visit heritageacademyaz.com and click on Maricopa Campus. Dr. Anderson, you've been in education for a, lot, a little while. Um, tell us a little bit about your background and what you've done in education. I'd be glad to. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I love to talk about dual enrollment. So my background is I'm a first-generation um, college student, really, except I come from a family of 11, and I'm number 10. And so my oldest sister, the first, she kind of paved the way. And so by the time I came around, it was an expectation to go to college. And so I went to college, and I studied journalism. And I worked as a reporter for a number of years, and I loved it. But I also had five kids, and I realized that education had a profound impact on kids. Um, and sometimes it wasn't always positive. Um, sometimes it was, but it did have a profound impact on kids and students especially. And I decided, I covered um, education as a journalist, but I decided I wanted to be on the other side and make some of those decisions and have some impact on the impact education had on students. So they then... Um, worked on my master's in educational leadership, graduated at, um, the same year my youngest daughter graduated from high school, and then I worked on my doctorate. And I have been in education um, and dual enrollment for a good number of years now, and I love it. Well, that's great. Mm -hmm. Well, and we want to dig into dual enrollment. I always like to know the history of something. So I went back, I don't know, a couple of months ago, and I said, well, where did this whole idea come from? And most of the country doesn't call it dual enrollment, I found out. They call it concurrent enrollment. Yep, it's concurrent. And I guess Joliet College in Illinois, is that is that who kind of started the basic idea of concurrent enrollment, dual enrollment in the U.S.? Yeah, it was back in um, back east. It was mostly in Connecticut that first started the oh, first program. Okay. Interesting. And um, I used to be on the national, um, the board of um, NACEPT, which really focuses on concurrent enrollment and dual and they would always be there, um, and they would always talk about it. Wow. The original mm -hmm. college, they're still doing that. Yeah. But, you know, Rio Salado College, where I work, um, was the founding member of um, in Arizona for dual enrollment. So we started in 1987, but we were the first college um, to do dual enrollment in the wow. state. Wow. Okay. So for our listeners, um, some probably know what concurrent enrollment is or dual enrollment. Many probably don't, and we're throwing it. Um, we threw out NASEP. They might not know that. Let's start by defining some terms so people know what we're talking about here. Okay, so dual enrollment is where you take college classes at your high school with your high school teacher who has been qualified to teach college, and he teaches the curriculum and the course competencies for his college class. The best thing about it is you get high school and college credit at the same time. Now, concurrent is what they call it across the country, but that is what we call dual enrollment um, at Rio Salado and in Maricopa Community Colleges. Some of our um, other community colleges in Arizona also call it concurrent, 
but at uh, Maricopa, a concurrent means you're high school student taking the class at the community college. And so we do have concurrent and dual, but high school students take, when they're in their high school, they're taking dual enrollment. And that's what Heritage has. Oh, that's great. That's great. Okay. So the word dual means they're enrolled in two schools, high school, college. Yes. And that's a really important difference because I will have a parent call me and said, my student was in the class, and I said he was in the high school class and enrolled in the high school class. But to be dual, he has to be enrolled, admitted and enrolled in the college class, which means he has to go the, who, through the whole registration process. And that's a big, um, big important fact to remember. Okay, good. Now, uh, let's also define NASEP. Because that's an important distinction. One of the reasons why I know Heritage Academy wanted to partner with Rio Salado versus some of the other choices that that we have. But explain yes. that. And- so NACEPT um, was organized to support concurrent or dual enrollment where students get college credit while they're in high school. And it's called the National Alliance of Concurrent Partnerships. Okay. So that's where the concurrent comes from. But that's what I said. Most of the country calls it concurrent enrollment. And I know early on, uh, you and I both have a mutual friend, Dr. Vernon Smith. Mm-hmm. And w- in fact, we just got a New Year's card from him the other day. And his family's grown up and beautiful. I think he still lives in Virginia back there. So yeah. Dr. Smith, if you listen to this, we miss you. Come back to Arizona. <laughs> Very visionary uh, individual that really helped ignite the dual enrollment engines in Arizona. And he he approached me I don't know, two or three years ago. And my mind just was not open to it. I don't think I had my brain wrapped around it. And then somebody else, um, an Arizona state legislator, a guy named Rich Crandall, was talking to my dad about, he's like, you got to figure this out. You know, this thing called dual enrollment. And we started looking into it. I'm like, Vernon, you need to come back and talk to us about this because I think I missed what you were telling me. But what do you think people misunderstand most about dual enrollment? We're going to talk about the benefits, but I think we probably need to debunk some myths or what people kind of miss in this space, too. I think one of the biggest myths is students um, or parents will think they're going to have to do more work, um, and it's going to be something that they can't do. Typical dual enrollment class is taught at the college level, but it is with their peers It's with the high school teacher who is qualified to teach um, college, but they um, typically have more seat time, so it doesn't go at as fast as pace. And so students think, I'm going to have to do more work. No, the reality, you're doing the same work. So the student who's sitting next to you and doesn't get admitted and enrolled in Rio Salado or the dual enrollment class um, doesn't get credit where you do. And I get that all the time. I was in the class. No, you have to sign up. So the work is the same. And I think that's the big myth. Um, the other big myth I think um, people have is that students aren't ready for college classes. But um, students across the country have proven that most of our students, a good top um, third or maybe even two-thirds of the students are ready to do college work. And they really benefit from having that exposure to a college curriculum. Yeah, and I've seen some of our young people say, oh, I, I'm not college-bound. I can't do that. And they just don't think about it. And then when you take, say, just give me 15 minutes to explain this with their parents, they're like, oh, wait a minute. I can do that? 
And then, and then they immediately say, well, no, I can't because I can't afford it because college is too expensive and that's not me. I'm a first generation American citizen. Those are those are like, yeah. no, actually, there's a way for you to benefit, too. Okay, so do the dual enrollment classes cost the same as if I'm entering college? Yes, they Freshman do. Year. Yes, they do. Um, it is a community college price, though, which is really good and really important. It's community college price. But there are ways to get into dual enrollment. And so if students, um, based on financial need, we award... Um, Last year, we awarded $380,000 to students um, based on financial need. And this year, the Arizona State Legislature also added some money. And so students that were freshmen and sophomores could get up to $300 for dual enrollment on top of the Maricopa grant. Um, and they could get $600 if they were juniors and seniors. So we see most of our students who really can't afford it can't afford it. And most of those students, um, the research has shown the best thing you can do to get a student prepared for college is to put them in a college class. So those first-generation students, they learn how to navigate college, which can be a challenge to understand the college rules, how to study, how to prepare. They have better GPAs, um, and they get better jobs. They are more likely to graduate. There are all kinds of wonderful benefits from those students taking that dual enrollment class. Yeah, I think college or university attendance can seem, you know, intimidating to a lot of high school students. So it makes sense that if you're, if I'm taking English 100 as a junior or senior, if I just concurrently enroll in that class, and obviously the teacher has to be certified mm -hmm. um, to be teaching concurrently, and then I enroll, make sure I'm enrolled in the community college, then I'm getting credit for both of those and I don't have to take English 100 or 101 again in a year or two years. I've already taken it, and I have the college credit, and then I'm already a college student. And so it's a little less intimidating yeah. to, I think, continue for some. It's it's so, it's so um, it does. It really makes a difference. And let me just tell you a little story that I would like to illustrate it. So uh, my daughter um, took dual enrollment in high school. She loved it, had no problem with it. But her senior year, she had half a day, and there was a class that she needed to take um, that wasn't offered at the community college. And I think my daughter is various, um, she's very independent, very self-confident. So I signed her up for the class at the community college. The first day of class, she calls me. I'm at work. She's in a panic. Mom, what do I do to get to class? And I'm like, you drive there, you go to your class. She could not do it. My husband had to go, drove in front of her parked by her, walked in front of her because she couldn't walk together and pointed where her class was. And so this is the kind of thing that we get those students prepared for because navigating college can be hard. Figuring out what classes to take, how many credits, it's very difficult. So this does really in, um, reduce that intimidation. The other thing is we have to remember it's a community college um, price. And so our price is $97 a credit. You're going to pay uh, three times, four times that much for a class at a state university. So if you can get the savings of time Huge. and money, and then you learn skills that you need, is, like I said, I always call it the best bargain there is. It's a two-for-one. You're never going to get a better bargain than dual enrollment. That's a big deal. That, that, I, I hope our listeners, some light bulbs are going off. 
if you're not familiar with dual enrollment, because really the two big barriers for higher education is accessibility. I mean, how do I get there? Well, you're sitting in the class already right now mm -hmm. and affordability, right? How am I going to pay for this? And because there are so many needs-based scholarships, those people that are first generations benefit tremendously from that. And, and Heritage has seen that quite a bit, especially in the communities where we have a lot of first-gen college students. Let me tell you a story like about my vice president. Yeah. Um, he's first-generation college. He told us that the first time he set, um, set foot on campus, he walked all over. He went to admissions advising. He went home. He couldn't even get enrolled because it was so confusing and so complicated. And our students um, trying to get admitted to the college, they have those challenges, but we're there to hold their hands. They have their teachers, they have their counselors. Um, Heritage has career, um, high school career counselors that help them. It makes a tremendous difference. So even if they don't get their associate degree, they get those credits, they have learned to navigate how to get enrolled, how to look at a course schedule. Um, understand credits. You ask a high school student what a college credit is, they have no idea. So this is tremendous um, information that they need, especially those new students. And I feel like any high school student across the nation, if they can just take one or two or three classes concurrently, then they are ahead of their peers in credits going into college, and that's going to save them time and money to get their degree. Um, the research shows, yes, if they take even one class, um, it impacts them. And especially for your career and technical education students, students who don't think they're ready for college or are college bound, they can take one class. The research shows it impacts them tremendously. They understand, hey, maybe I can do college. Um, and they learn how to navigate it. So it is really important. They Across the nation, um, they will say 15 credits. 15 credits really put you on that path for success. And 15 credits is really three classes, three classes. And you, you can't stop now, right? You got to just keep going and get to the 60s so you get your associates. And I like the mindset change also. So many schools talk about we're college prep, we're college prep, college prep. And what that the programs you to think of is, oh, after high school, then I might go to college. It's kind of this throw it over the wall mindset. And, and some people in the K-12, some school administrators in the K-12 space kind of think throw it over the wall and the eight we're going to talk about ap versus de as well because that's an age-old argument and we should debunk a few myths there too but the ap mindset is still throw it over the wall and we we're going to take these ap ious and see what we can get for them but dual enrollment changes that to say we're not preparing to go to college because we're in college now it's college now it's not college later and that's a big deal when they realize, oh, I am a college student. It gives them confidence in their educational pursuits. It gives them the ability, a little bit of tailwind, like, oh, wow. I, I was talking to a friend of mine the other night, and I said, you know, I'm really surprised that your twins are getting their associates. They were giving their teachers a lot of really hard times. And he goes, yeah, we are too. <laughs> he goes, but when they got their 15 credits, then they, then they saw the light at the end of the tunnel. They're like, why not? Let's go get that associates. And these were adopted out of the foster system. And I mean, it is the success story up and down the line. And um, it's changing their family history and their parents couldn't be more proud. But the confidence it gives these young girls is 
it's amazing. I don't know. DE has really changed their trajectory in life more than anything else um, in their academic pursuit. You know, we see that all the time. We see students that are struggling. They don't see the reason or why they need to be in school. Once they get focused um, on a dual enrollment class and they realize I'm a college student, it gives them a whole different idea of themselves. Then I have another story. I had a student at a school um, and she was giving the principal all kinds of trouble. She wanted to drop out and saw no reason to go. She says, so why don't you take a dual enrollment class? So she took a dual enrollment class, first generation college, um, and she said, oh, I'm a college student. Changed her completely. She got herself enrolled every semester, got a scholarship to finish at um, NAU, completely changed her life. So, yeah. It gives me the chills. I love stories like that. <laughs> and you know what? That's why I'm in this. I, we hear those stories all the time um, about the impact dual enrollment has on students. And that's why I said I wanted to work in education, but I wanted to work in education where I could really make an impact. And dual enrollment does. That's a big deal. I, I remember driving um, a bunch of football players after they won a state championship. And I had to ask them about dual enrollment because I'm that, you know, that guy. <laughs> we got all the state championship stuff going. And I said, are you guys taking any dual enrollment? It was a long trip back. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. I go, why are you doing that? He's like, why would I want to take that math class twice? <laughs> I'm like, okay, if a football player can get this, you know, right after getting knocked around for, you know, two hours, anybody can get the benefits of this. Jared can make fun of football because he was a football player. I, I, yeah, oh, I'm okay. one of those guys. <laughs> I took the shots. You talked about uh, making impact personally, and it makes impact educationally. Um, let's talk about the impact financially. So if, uh, if my child wants to do dual enrollment, well, it's interesting, a lot of programs in the state offer so many dual enrollment credits and classes that they can get their associate degree. Mm -hmm. And Heritage Academy has a strong program. I'm sure you know other Yeah, it's, it, and I'll be honest, I have to say, Heritage has one of the most robust programs in the state. Thanks to you. Uh-huh. Well, we- <laughs> You're a great partner. We, Your partnership well, was thanks wonderful. thanks to you guys, yeah. because you really work it. But um, I think this last year, at at least two of your high schools, you had more than 50% of your students that were seniors get their associate degree. That is a phenomenal record. That is just amazing. And I I mean, I can remember when we started with dual enrollment and we're thinking, okay, we got a couple of classes. Is this going to work? But in a, just a few years, it has grown tremendously. And like I said, last year, I was amazed the number of students that earning an associate degree. And Jared, you can talk about the savings that that equates to, but even time savings. I know a lot of our students will go do a study abroad one semester afterward, or some of them serve a, a mission for their church, or there's not this pressure to hurry and get, you know, four years of college into four years when you have a little breathing room after getting your associate degree yeah. or some college before you leave high school. And if you want to play football, it gives you a little bit of flexibility. You don't have to take as yeah. many classes so you can play football and still ace your um, college classes because you don't have such a robust um, schedule. You know, I had a, a student who went to medical school. She was the youngest student in her medical um, class. But her parents said because they saved $70,000 um, in tuition, they said she could go on a study abroad. And they saved that much money because she was going out, out of state to a prestigious college um, but she only had two years instead of four years. So it was a savings of um, $70,000. So big, big money. I talked to um, 
someone here last year that had a son who did an associate's degree at the Heritage Academy Mesa campus. And the way he did the math, and he was a math teacher, he says, so my son graduated two years early, and then he got a job in Seattle with Amazon. And the job, I think, paid him about $63,000. He's nine, this, this is 19 years old. And he says, so if you take that $63,000 times two, that's $126,000. He goes, plus the savings between what he would have paid ASU, you know, he calculated about a $260,000 economic benefit to his family when you start stacking up the differential mm -hmm. and what he saved in time and money, tuition costs. There's different ways to do the math, but for that family, I mean, or any family, $260,000, that's real money. Yeah. Right? And because he put that $120,000 in his future for his son's future that he wouldn't have had had he had those two years of lost earnings. Yeah. And Even no age, debt. No, yeah, no, no debt. debt. Yeah. We had a student, um, one of our dual enrollment students that said to, um, he, when he was talking, he said, I've saved, and he was, um, he qualified for the financial scholarship, but he said, I've saved $50,000 because I have two years left at ASU. Yeah. Big deal. And sometimes those four-year scholarships might pick up those additional years if they want to roll it to grad school. That's right. Yeah. We hear that all the time yep. too. My daughter's doing that. and American Classroom is brought to you by Heritage Academy. Heritage Academy Point Campus is a public charter school that's tuition-free, serving grades 7 through 12. Youth that come to Heritage are not just students, but scholars who are taught by the number one ranked faculty in Arizona. If you would like to learn more about Heritage Academy Point Campus, visit heritageacademyaz.com and click on Point with an E. So let's talk about the DEAP debate just a little bit. We don't need to go into it too okay. much because I think even college admissions offices don't get it. I, I agree. They think that AP is all that in a bag of chips because they just don't know, they don't have a background in DE. So they write these little pieces like, oh, we prefer AP over DE because it doesn't save you time. Well, sort of, sort of not, you know. Yeah, I mean, tell us your, your thoughts on, on the puts and takes there. I think it's changing. I think even the colleges are getting to um, be familiar enough now that they realize that AP isn't any better than dual. We always say AP, dual, take whatever you can to get ahead. Um, you can use your AP credits and your dual enrollment credits, but then you need to understand your student and you need to understand your um, classroom. If you're really good in math and you can pass that AP test, maybe you want to do that. But it's a high stakes test. You can sit in the classroom all year long and get an A, but if you don't pass that one high stakes test, you're done for. You didn't get the credit. But not only do you have with dual enrollment, you get that whole year to make those passing grades and the grade, you have a college transcript. So for instance, if you're trying to get into a prestigious program and you have a 4.0 GPA in dual enrollment, you can get in first. Um, and so that makes a world of difference too. The AP does not give you the um, college transcript, the GPA. And like I said, that high stakes test you better know um, that you're going to pass it. Even when I'm talking to students, like you said, the students get it. So I've been talking to classes that offer the class as AP or dual. And one student said to me, oh, I get it. You take dual for insurance. 
So you know you're going to get the credit. <laughs> I go, yeah, you got it. Uh huh. For insurance. Because as long as you pass the class, yeah, you get the grade. That you, you get got. it. Right. And it's a transcript that you And have. it's a transcripted right. grade. Yeah. Um, so you got it. AP is kind of an IOU. Now, an advantage of AP is it's it's cheaper. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that, that's... That's why I said we always so encourage um, AP, but know the, your skill set. Yep. Um, most of the, most students are either really good in math or really good in English. Some of them are good for, with both. But I also tell them to ask their uh, teacher what's their pass rate. Yeah, that's the good. pass rate. Um, I've taught. I've been at some schools and talked, and I've asked their pass rate, and they have no students pass the AP test. Well, and and then you have. Let's assume they pass. You know, depending on what grade they get, what score they get from the AP scores, you have to how combine, many credits you get. Yeah, how many credits you get, and whether or not the the college you're applying for is going to accept those. That's right. Because that's a big variable too. And a lot of people in high school don't know exactly where they're going to go or who's going to accept them and what they're going to do. You can't predict that. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's another advantage of DE is you're just giving yourself better odds to play with through that whole application and placement. Yeah, I think you're absolutely process. right. But I, I like your approach. You know, do both. It's not one or the can. other. Yeah, take both and, and, and you'll just play with better odds going going into college. Okay, so where is, no, who who is DE not for? Our listeners are hearing all the benefits and things, but there truly are people that don't need to, to do dual enrollment. Well, I but, would disagree. Oh, you would disagree? Okay, uh -huh. yeah. I would say everybody Good. needs to take a okay. dual enrollment class. Okay. Um, even if you're not college bound, we had a student, he signed up for sports medicine class. His okay. parents said he's never going to go to college, but he has a sports medicine certificate now. Feels really good Perfect. about it. He can say, I have certificate at college credit. Um, and that's what I said. CTE classes have been proven. They make the most dramatic change because you have students, a lot of students who don't think they're college bound and they change their mind. Okay. Good. Well, and I think you're making a good distinction because some dual enrollment credits are academic tracks and some are um, career, career technical ed track. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is great because some people that don't see themselves in, in college in the future, and, and it's true, college isn't for everybody, but they can take college level career tech ed courses, yeah. provided your high school has that programming and, and a teacher to do that. So And you can get a certificate. And yeah. a lot of people nowadays, they just want their certificate. If you have an automotive certificate, you have a construction certificate, that can make a world of difference. Yeah. So no, that's I good. do okay. think that you, you need to um, be at a certain level academic to take those but that's why those um they have some of those that reading tests that you need to take and it can give you an idea yeah. but if you're in the high school class you should be ready for the dual enrollment in that class right. no good anything you want to add there i was just going to say um if parents want to kind of know ahead or a student wants to know ahead i've heard some you know the happy parts and the painful parts of dual enrollment and it sounds like because i haven't gone through it with one of my children yet is that they just have to go to the college website and enroll them as a student. And there's typically a college coach at the high school that will assist. We're, we're at the high school. <clears throat> we, we have people at the high school from Rio, and that's what he said. We hold their hands. We make sure they get enrolled. So we're telling them how to do it. We're telling them they didn't finish something. We're helping them complete it. And then each of the Heritage High Schools also has somebody on their staff it is working the same way. So any of the heritage students have a real advantage because they have all that hand-holding. But across the country, 
Um, dual enrollment is becoming more and more popular. Um, it used to be AP, and I did my dissertation on dual enrollment, and this is how it was. Um, the research I found said AP is for the academic elite. A dual enrollment is for the academically uh, um, able. So you have a whole bigger a percentage of students can, that can really benefit from dual. But that's what we hold their hands. Um, and most of the high schools across the country now have dual enrollment, and they're going to hold their hands too, which you won't get when you hit the college. And I think you've made the point before that, that at least with Rio Salado, those credits are widely accepted too. I, I, I think some people say, well, who's going to accept dual enrollment credits? And, and there's some colleges and universities that do turn them down, but that's becoming fewer and fewer. Is that what you're? You know what? I've, I've been in dual enrollment 15 years. We have students that go all over the country. They go to Stanford. They go to um, um, the elite schools. And in my career, I found two that wouldn't take it. And those are private, expensive schools, and they want you to pay their whole tuition. And even if you talk to them, um, they will take a couple of classes, but they want you to take all, most of their classes there. And like I said, two. Yep. They, get, they have to match up. I think I saw a NASIP stat one time that 5% of the credits earned might be considered waste. Um, just from a financial standpoint, I mean, there's still value in learning and knowledge yeah. has value of itself. But in terms of transferring credits, and because that's a big concern that some people have is, well, am I going to need them? Are they going to be accepted? And I'll tell you my experience. I've had two daughters who both got their associates, two associates, thanks to Rio Salado's mm -hmm. great program. One went to the business school, one's in the liberal arts. She's a history major. So for the history major, it is very clean. She's going to save the two years. And so she wants to do travel abroad and, you know, things like that. But she, she wants to roll that right in to a graduate degree in history so she can teach dual enrollment history. So we'll see how that goes. That's great. <laughs> the other one went to the business school. Now, structurally, the, her, her high school program didn't have all of the prerequisites for the business school because it's just hard to get all of those lined up. In, in a smaller program that she was in. So she probably added another um, maybe a year of prerequisites that she just needed to get taken care of, which was fine, not that big a deal. Yeah. She's still saving a year. She's actually adding a, a whole nother. She's doing a real estate minor with a, um, an accounting major. So she's still able to have the stacking effect and the early income effect in place. So even though they're two different paths, I don't think that there was more than maybe one class really considered waste because mm -hmm. it actually rolled into an elective, which they needed anyway. Yes, they, they needed elective. And we get that all the time. Well, is it going to count? You do need elective credit. So that elective yeah, credit. so it helps. But we always encourage our parents too. If you're going to ASU, NAU, or any college across the country, look and see what you need because um, you can always they, they usually have something, they have a transfer page. A lot of them have transfer pages to Real Slotto right. or whatever community college you're coming from. And so you can see how your credits are going to transfer. You can also meet with an advisor as early as a junior or senior year at those state universities and find out what you need. What you need, yeah. And the challenge is trying to get a 16-year-old to know what they want to major in. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, that's a, that's a hard thing. And so sometimes people will criticize dual enrollment saying, oh, I wasted some money on it. Well, how much did you do? When it gets right down to it, it wasn't yeah. that much. That associate degree. It's like, well, that's not Those our issue. That's your issue because you couldn't determine what your major is. If you did that, then we'd lean that out and you'd have no waste. 
So yeah, that's and why I will say the associate degree, it is all gen eds. Most of those classes um, are classes that everybody's going to take math, English, science, yeah, history, all those that are required. I remember my grandmother, she, my grandmother, my granddaughter, she was not real excited about taking dual enrollment. I said, oh, yes, you are. You're going to take it. Her first year of college, she, she comes home at Christmas. She goes, oh, grandma, you should have seen my roommates. They were so mad. They wanted to know why I didn't have to take all these classes. And I go, yeah, it's a good thing you listened to me, huh? <laughs> so there's that story. Grandma knows best. <laughs> I love that. Well, this is great. These are, these are fun stories. And, um, you know, just as we pull it together and wrap up, I hope that the listeners are seeing this whole world of, of dual enrollment in a, in a new light and picked up a few things about how they can benefit or their children can benefit or grandchildren can benefit because mm -hmm. it really is something that is growing. Um, but any any last questions or anything now that we have Dr. Anderson here? It's I mean, I'd like to hear, here. I, I know that probably can't pull out national numbers, but I'd love to hear if you know in Arizona, like how many students participate in, in concurrent enrollment in Arizona? I can tell you in the Phoenix area, okay? Okay. In the Phoenix area, there's about 24,000. So all 10 Maricopa oh, wow. Community Colleges, we have 24,000, um, and Rio has 9,000 of those. Per year, like mm -hmm. right now. To take dual enrollment, yeah. That's great. And we have from freshmen all the way to seniors. I think the state legislature's seen the light. You, you talked about additional funding for students. Yeah. They also put some additional funding for teachers to be eligible to teach it, because that's a big bottleneck, is enough teachers that have the, the college level. Huge bottleneck, yeah. yeah. And they're, the Arizona Teachers Academy allows teachers that are going to teach dual enrollment, they'll pay for that education. So that's phenomenal. And Jared and I, we talked a long time about that. And so it's, it's just been the last few years that that's happened. That's, that's impact big because it didn't used to, they used to have to pay for their own. And you know, it's really hard when you're a teacher um, to find the money to go on and get your master's, what you need to teach a dual enrollment. Yeah, I think you mentioned that at the beginning, what dual enrollment was. You explained that it had to be by a teacher who was um, yeah, certified. So they have to have their master's. So that's something I think we could reiterate for parents or students listening, is that the teacher, you can't just, you can't just take an English class and try to enroll in the community college and be concurrent. The teacher teaching your high school English class or bio test has to be qualified, has to be qualified and certified through, like pre-approved through Real Solano or whatever college they're part of. Yeah. In order for it to all work. Yeah. Well, any last words that you have for the listeners here about DE or any key takeaways that, that they should have if this is maybe the first time that they're listening to it? We want to give you the last word here, Dr. Okay. Anderson. I'm just going to say this. I think dual enrollment really is the best bargain you can get in high school. But I also think it's that partnership. And I will say Heritage partnered. And so because their leadership saw the benefit, they hired teachers. Um, they encouraged their teachers to be qualified. We have a lot of schools that the, um, that's what they need. They need leadership who see that vision and the importance of dual enrollment because that's going to make the difference. If the student wants to take a dual enrollment class, but it's not offered at the high school, there's not much they can do. Well, thank you for your great impact on the families of Heritage. Um, they, they love it. They line up. <laughs> There's a long line for, for dual enrollment. It's a big draw. And we're so proud of especially the first generation 
college families. And um, it, I, I'm proud of them too. It's so it's great. It's so exciting. <laughs> it is. And hopefully the listeners have, have picked out something that, that'll help them understand dual enrollment and, and benefit their children. So um, if you've liked what you've heard today, um, we appreciate you listening, taking your most valuable time to listen and learn about uh, dual enrollment. And we'd like to appreciate uh, Dr. Anderson for joining us here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And if you uh, liked what you hear, um, please rate us on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, and uh, follow us on AmericanClassroom.com. Uh, and uh, we look forward to uh, talking more. Yeah. And I, I'd love to have some alumni on and talk about their dual enrollment experience and how it set them up mm-hmm. for their future. So That'd be we'll great. continue the conversation on dual Definitely. Maybe we'll have you back to talk a little bit more. That'd be great to see some real stories. They're, they're the re- ones that really move you. Thank you. Everyone have a great day. Thank you.